Hi, readers. I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines, those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. We'd love for you to come read with us in our book club on the Fable app, where you can chat with us about your favorite scenes, vote for your favorite characters, and even help pick our next read. Or you can follow us on Instagram to get a sneak peek at upcoming content. This week, we're continuing Graceling by Christian Cashore, otherwise known as Welcome to the Po Train. Choo-choo! And we are back for Graceling Part 2. Part 2 of this. So like the first 20%... Of part two is like pretty good and action packed, uh, but then around like fifty percent mark, it kind of like slows down a little bit. I'll admit there's there's a slump in this book, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. It's not fair because I think every aspect of this book is done with intention. Mm-hmm. So it's slow because I think it needs to be slow because of what happens here, but. I could see that. I had to I had to push through part two. Mm-hmm. Like I put the book down for a couple weeks, picked it back up, and then I finished it all in one, one go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I will say like after you get past that slump, like if you kind of power through it a little bit, it immediately picks back up and then you like smash through it in one sitting. <laughs> mm-hmm. But part two has got a lot of emotional development. Uh, yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Um. But where we left off, uh, at least last week, is Katza had just confronted her uncle and basically told him, like, suck a big one, dude, because you're not going to do shit to me. (laughs) What? (laughs) I have never heard such aggressive words come out of Jordan's mouth. Holy fuck. That's normally my, like, I'm the aggressive, ridiculous one, and you're the very, like, poised and collected Victorian lady. And you're just like, suck a big one. (laughs) You can just call me a Victorian lady. Oh Is it God. because I have doilies, Katie? <laughs> Come on. Girl, that's not even the first of why you're a Victorian lady. Come on. <laughs> oh well, my God. I mean, that was just... that was gold. I'm sorry. I'm never gonna be over that ever in my entire life. <laughs> you know, when we're at work, that is Thoughts Ugh. like that, statements like that go through my head. They they make it through the censor and then they, they just don't appear. Mm-hmm. I don't need to censor here. So. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> that came out of left field. Oh, Sorry. In for... such a good way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, okay, that to me, though, is how Katza just reacts to everyone. She's very yeah. forceful. Yeah. Yep. It, it, there's no kind of like censor that it goes through. <laughs> No, if she's angry, you're going to know she's angry. Yep, and immediately. <laughs> it's fantastic. Sometimes I, I wish I had Katza's um, bravado. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bravado. Bravado. There that we go. That is how you say that word. <laughs> I feel like we've like switched roles here. What is happening? <laughs> I'm going to shut up now. I can't shut up because I, I have the notes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. She confronted her uncle politely and girl (laughs) actually mostly politely yeah i mean for for katza that was very controlled yeah um so it's it's time for her to leave she kind of needs to skedaddle out of the castle um Mm -hmm. and poe is also going to leave with her like they're kind of at like a rocky point in their friendship Mm because she's still 
mad at him for the whole mind reading thing. Um, and also very much like Mel from Crown Duel, she is not willing to admit any sense of attraction <laughs> or romantic feelings whatsoever towards him. Like mm-hmm. they don't exist for her. It, it's not part of her world. And just the the even glimmer of a possibility makes her so uncomfortable she turns into a frill neck lizard. So Katza. Uh. We love we love her. Mm-hmm. Frilled neck but, lizard. Yep. That that might be our podcast mascot now. Oh, we it's appropriate. We love heroines yeah. that are like frilled neck lizards when put under any kind of like rom- romantic spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that we can relate to that at all. No, not at all. <laughs> no, but Poe and Katza set off. They leave Mons. They live. They leave the Midlands to go to the kingdom of Monsey to investigate the mysteries surrounding. Uh, his grandfather's disappearance. Mm-hmm. And they've also um, have been hearing these rumors about King Lech. Mm-hmm. And King Lech is the king of Monsi, and he is married to Poe's aunt. So, yeah, and all of these are good things, though. Like, King Lech is this kind, wonderful man who is an orphan, and the old king and queen of Monsi took him in when he was a child, and left their kingdom to him because he was such a wonderful kid. He's got one eye. He wears a, like a blindfold, not what's a half blindfold, an eye patch. Uh, yeah, <laughs> eye patch. Oh my God. What's a half blindfold? That was half blindfold. <laughs> it's oh, the frilled Jesus. neck lizard of uh, this episode. <laughs> it sure is. Um, yeah, so King Lech is this good dude. He's friendly to kids and animals. Everyone loves him. There's nothing mm-hmm. but good things about him all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's still this odd, vague tie to Poe's grandfather's disappearance. So mm-hmm. Poe and Katza set off, and then they're traveling. Katza's like, why are you so slow? Poe's like, be nice to the horses. Um, <laughs> oh, I will and, say, though, uh, so, like, Poe investigated all of the other kingdoms, and he kind of, like, was like, okay, none of these guys have legitimate um, reason to kidnap my uh, grandpa. All of them have been, like, if not proven innocent, then proven, like, probably innocent. And, like, as much as it doesn't make sense, like, we should just see what this Prince Let guy has got going on. And I think in this part, too, um, Katz is like, what? Why? He's like such a great guy. And like he takes care of all of these like animals and little kids that have been hurt. And Poe kind of has this moment and he's like, why are there so many hurt children and animals that need to be ter- taken care of? And like they kind of have this like dramatic pause moment of like, what the fuck? Like that's not really normal that he would have the opportunity to help all of these like innocent creatures <laughs> and children. Children are creatures, I yeah. will say. <laughs> that's fair and the weird aspect of that like interaction too is that katza can't help but defend king lek yeah all she can say is good things about him and poe is like uh excuse me have you ever even like like, met this guy (laughs) and she's like no but (laughs) poe's immediately suspicious and katza's like why are you suspicious like Mm -hmm. everything seems Mm kind of good here um (laughs) (laughs) so uh, they're traveling. They stop at an inn to gather more information, and they make it known that they are willing to pay for any info leading to Poe's grandfather. 
And this group of six or seven merchants uh, show up and like, hey, like we have some info, like what are you going to give us for it? So that was kind of like a, that was a weird scene to me because it didn't seem mm. entirely necessary. Like it was kind of filler. I don't I know if it struck that. you the same way. Um, I think because the whole King Leck thing is super subtle. Like while we're doing the podcast, it's probably not going to sound as subtle as it is in the book. Um, cause it kind of sounds like he's like just a good guy and like, there's maybe something a little bit unsettling about the whole thing, but you're, you can't really put your finger on it. And I think this scene kind of like is another way that she can kind of hint to the reader that like, Hey, like maybe not everything is right because like Katza, even now, like that she's been a little bit of aware of it. She kind of catches on that. Like all of these merchants are like aggressive about it, not being King Lek because they all say they're like, Oh yeah, I think it's like some King in the South. Like, you know, you should go talk to him. And Poe recognizes that this guy doesn't, he like, how did it? Describe that he like knows he's lying, but he also knows that he like 100% believes that like King Lek is innocent. And so it's this weird like Poe is confused about how you can feel these two things at once, but he like knows something like super shady is going on. So it's like the little like breadcrumb scene. <laughs> That's right. I do, I, I do remember Poe being the one to like sit back and evaluate and kind of mm -hmm. pick up on all these very minute details. Yeah. So after, you know, these merchants try and, like, take advantage of them, they basically be like, hey, look at us. We're graced. Uh, do you really want to mess with us? Um, <laughs> you're not getting is, paid. Like, Yeah. This is one of the first scenes, too, that we see Poe and Katza, like, work as a team to just, like, fuck shit up. And I love it. It's, like, this equal competence, like, they're just two badasses and they're on one team. Like, nobody stands chance. <laughs> I love that. Katza is more of the brute force in the yeah. relationship. Mm -hmm. And Poe is the more thoughtful, investigative one. Yes, it's absolutely. Very much a role reversal kind of mm -hmm. thing. But it's done so well. Like it's uh it doesn't feel like a forced role reversal. It feels like a very natural, like within their characters, but it's like believable and fun. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I love it. So after this interaction, uh, Poe and Katza begin to suspect that King Lek might be graced with some sort of power of influence kind of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And they can't quite articulate what it is because it's weird, right? Like they've never encountered a power like that where everyone, like everyone they encounter says nothing but good things about King Lek. Mm -hmm. uh, so how can a power like that, a grace, be so widespread? Um, and Poe being immune seems strange. So mm -hmm. they're collecting these rumors and then they, they as they're traveling, Katza starts to become increasingly aware of her own feelings towards <laughs> Poe. And I loved this moment. I think I took mm -hmm. a picture of this scene when I was reading it. Oh, really? And oh. Yeah. I Let me, let me pull it up because I, I remember putting the book down thinking, Oh my God, this is so very relatable because <laughs> I was about to say not? that. Because, <laughs> um, like, in your notes, yeah. you literally said she's becoming super resentful and frustrated with him. And, like, girl, I have felt that so many times <laughs> where you're like weirdly attracted to someone and you're like mad at them for it. And it's like that, they, that's misplaced. Like, they can't do anything about your attraction to them. But, like, you're also like, why are you so hot? <laughs> Exactly. Okay. So mm -hmm. this is around page 228. So if you have, so I have the, the hardcover uh, of this book. 
And so Katz is just resentful and frustrated with Poe. Like, she cannot reconcile in her mind ever belonging to another person the way she belonged to, like, King Randa. Mm -hmm. And she's thinking of Poe now in this, like, in a romantic sense. Like, I'm attracted to him. Like, I have feelings for him. And that must mean I have to marry him. Like, there's no difference in her mind. Like, oh, uh, romance, love, all of that must mean marriage. That's the only thing she knows. And she has stated flatly before, I am never getting married because she views it as a like bondage, as like never being her own self. And she mm -hmm. has lived that way, lived not like that under King Randa for so long. She just, she can't ever do that. And this, <laughs> so she's, she's frustrated. And this line in here, um, that I took a picture of is uh, Katza couldn't bear her own inanity in inanity. I can't say that word. <laughs> she drew herself into a shell of sullenness and chased away every thought that entered her mind. And if that is not a relatable moment, like <laughs> have you ever just like knew you were thinking or doing something like wrong or annoying, like you, you knew it was bad and you couldn't help thinking like that. And you, got increasingly more frustrated with yourself because you were doing something frustrating. Yup. And you just kind of draw in. Yeah. I'm like, yep. oh, Katza. <laughs> Hello, spirit animal. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Yep. I'm trying to think. What page was that on? 228. Oh, okay. Um, a little tidbit about like why I love Poe so much since we're basically this is the Poe train um, now. <laughs> so this is page <laughs> 181. Okay, we have it. Wait, wait. This is the called the train. train. <laughs> Hop on. Choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So they're basically having a conversation. And, like, it's kind of hinted in, throughout the book that Katza has kind of this, like, innate crazy ability to, like, find animals and, like, light fires and, like, be able to, like, take care of herself crazily. Um, and so they're, you know, out in the woods. They're on this journey. And uh, she's, like, talking about how she'll, like, go hunt an animal or whatever. And she's, like, kind of pauses and she's, like, does it ever make you, like, feel weird or whatever that, like, I'm doing all this and, like, I'm going to protect you? And Poe has – I highlighted it and, like, put little hearts around it. So he says verbatim, true, but you're better than I am, Katza, and it doesn't humiliate me. He fed a branch to the fire. It humbles me, but it doesn't humiliate me. Girl, oh, my God. <laughs> This this is exactly Ooh. what a healthy relationship yes. should be. Like I don't care what gender you are, if you're a man or woman, mm -hmm. like this kind of acknowledgement of someone else's strength and being okay with it and realizing how you can work together for the better. Ah, it's I know. so good. And then he fucking like he doubles down basically because he follows it up because Katza has kind of this like internal crisis and she's like he can like articulate himself so well. He's like in touch with his emotions. And she like comments that she kind of all of a sudden finds that she's like a brute in comparison to this like enlightened Poe who can like, you know, very eloquently talk about his emotions. And like obviously because Poe can kind of sort of read minds. He's like Katza, like, please stop. And he's like, okay, tell me whose idea the council was. And she's like, okay, it was mine. And he's like, and who decided what missions the council carries out? And she's like, I have, I guess. 
and um he basically is like hyping her up and he's like you um you're smarter than you think you are and like you have no reason to think that you're a brute and like maybe sometimes you like struggle to put you know names to your emotions but like i've had to do this my whole life like i've had to listen to other people's thoughts and listen to my own and filter it out from like what are my actual thoughts like you just need more practice and it's just this cute little like i recognize your self-consciousness but i think it's misplaced and these are the reasons why and she's like you may have a point i'm still gonna be upset about it but maybe you're right <laughs> adorable he never it's like he never coddles her. Like mm-hmm. he's he's never um he doesn't do that overprotective I'm yeah. the strong man. How dare you feel bad about yourself? I'm the only one who needs to love you. Like we've all, <laughs> we've all read that kind of yep. like relationship dynamic. And Poe is just I think you put it perfectly. Like enlightened Poe. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. he is He's just vibing. Exactly. <laughs> yep. It's like he know uh, he knows how to human and he knows mm-hmm. how to do it especially well with cats. Katza. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like it's that's great. kind of, uh, we don't give it as much credit as it deserves because we're like focusing on the plot points. But you have these Gucci little nuggets of just beautiful, like healthy relationship dynamics like thrown throughout it. So it might seem to, you know, podcast listeners that they get together really fast. But honey, oh my God, how could you not? <laughs> Like someone tells me I'm competent and smart and gives me the like specific reasons why, like mm, deep inhale. <laughs> oh, Poe. Well, they finally have a like a come to Jesus moment where yeah, like they've been circling around each other, right? Like it's kind of the the moment where you have two people are attracted to each other. They know they're attracted to each other. No one's saying anything because they're not quite sure how to handle it. And that's what mm-hmm. that's what kind of goes on for several pages until like Poe is over it. He's like, <laughs> I love you, but I don't want to tie you down. And Katza immediately goes into lizard mode, like full <laughs> denial. Like she She even she, like runs off. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I need space. I can't think. I need to be away from you. Like, um, no. <laughs> Emotions are scary. <laughs> So, oh my god, uh, she goes off and has her little like meltdown. I don't know, breathing, <laughs> meltdown, breathing, and she comes back and she asks Poe to fight with her in like a training sense, so she can like finally get her energy out. Because like this is therapy for Katza. It's like mm-hmm. wrestling, hand to hand combat is how she calms down and thinks through problems. Mm-hmm. And because I think it goes something like they. So Poe refused to train with her whenever she was angry, mm-hmm. which I think is also super smart. smart like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And when Katza comes back and asks to fight with Poe, uh, she says something like, "I know we're not supposed to fight when we're angry, but can we fight when I'm scared?" And like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, vulnerability <laughs> from Katza. It's like the only scene we get. <laughs> yeah, and. and Poe agrees, and they kind of start training and wrestling, and it kind of devolves into a very intimate, like, I mean, you're wrestling with someone, that's intimate. (laughs) Um, But um, they finally breathe, and it just turns into a very romantic interlude. And it, Mm -hmm. I will say, it's so tastefully done. Yes. I Mm-hmm. loved how she wrote this. I, I know this is a YA book, and so it's probably 
written like that because of the audience. Yeah. But I thought it was just beautifully put. Like mm-hmm. it was just enough detail and just enough lead up to you know exactly what was going on. <laughs> but it also felt like fulfilling, like emotionally fulfilling for the characters. Mm-hmm. I'll agree. And it's this scene too when um I think uh Katza kind of comes to the realization that they can be like lovers without having to be married. Is that the scene? I I think so. It kind of blends across. Yeah. The, yeah, I think it is a scene because uh she asks herself like can we be together but not be married? And she's like, "Well, why not?" I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Cuz I love this idea and I I vividly remember being like I don't know, like 16, 17, reading this book for the first time. And I love that idea, too, that like, because I've always been kind of like marriage is a tax institution that like you just really do it for tax purposes or like money purposes. And it doesn't like necessarily mean something. And I get it means probably something in like religious sense. But I just love this idea that like you can be together with someone and like feel this depth of emotion, but you don't have to necessarily like put a specific title on it for the rest of the world, like their benefit. Like it's really just what you and the other person decide your relationship is. And I feel like that's a powerful thing for kids too. That is huge. I love how how you just Mm -hmm. put that because how often do you see that in like YA fantasy romance? Yeah. It's always like, yep. it's always Disney princess and Prince Charming like runs off happily ever after they get married. Like, mm-hmm. and this is, I think the only book I've read in this genre where the heroine is staunchly against marriage, but not against a romantic relationship mm-hmm. and is thoughtful and committed the entire time. She just has very valid reasons for her choices mm-hmm. and telling like showing young readers that that's okay. Like you don't have yes. to go like buy the book every single time. Like it doesn't work for everyone. It's yeah. phenomenal. And the fact too that Poe like respects her boundaries. Cause I think in this scene too, he's like, um, I don't need you to put a label on it. I don't need you to become my wife and be tied to me or whatever. Like I'm just content like having you as like my partner and like, you know, whatever word you want to put on that. And it's just such a respectful, like, it's not pushing. It's not, you know, like, why won't you marry me? Like, is there, you know, something wrong? Or like, we can't really be together if we're not like together in the very formal sense. He's like, whatever you'll give me, like, I'll take. Like, this is this is fine with me. It's like, a, oh, respecting emotional boundaries? <laughs> How healthy of them. <laughs> it's It's so good. I just, you know, we mm-hmm. said there was a slump and like, despite all, I love this part. It's just, it's not, it's not quick reading. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause um, it's all this like messy think, emotional stuff. And I feel like it kind of like echoes Katza's thoughts on it. Like she's all messy during this part too. Cause she's like, what the fuck am I feeling? <laughs> yeah. The, these scenes like all, upon reflection are so valuable. And that's why I think despite the slower pacing of this section, it's. You can you can't do it any differently, mm-hmm. not for the and, and and do the characters justice. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and agree. you kind of started down this a little bit already, but like another thing that becomes apparent. So this is like the emotional discovery journey. Uh, in addition <laughs> to journeying to Monsi, is that like Katza makes this realization with Poe's help, of course. Like I don't think mm-hmm. any of her realizations come without Poe's help. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not. That, she is so she's not graced with fighting abilities. 
And this came out of left field for me. When you were like... Really? <laughs> when you were like, she is not graced with what you think she is. And this was before I got to part two. I'm like, what could it possibly be? <laughs> and Poe asks her to compare herself to everyone around her. And she starts to realize that her ability is to not tire, to not feel hungry, to not feel pain, to like make fires when it's pouring down rain. It's centered on this ability to survive. Mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, I feel like this kind of, um, I got maybe like inklings of it, but even then, not really. Um, So Katza has like two scenes, I think, in the like before this, where she's laying down to go to sleep and her like mind is racing like a thousand miles a minute. Like we've all experienced that. But then she tells herself, she's like, I need to go to sleep because I need to know, you know, have like energy for tomorrow. And then her brain like turns off and she goes to sleep. And it's kind of like, I can't do that. Like that's a very weird ability. And so it's like all of these like little teeny tidbits that when they come together in the scene, you're like, holy shit, like, I totally skipped past that. Like, I just assumed that was, like, part of the story. But it's, like, she has some kind of ability more than just fighting. (laughs) And, like, so cool on the author's part to put all of these little tidbits scattered uh, throughout leading up. Like, way to just build the story and not spoon-feed us everything. But it felt like an actual, like, realistic reveal. I will say that like it did come out of like left field, but until you start thinking about it, you're like, oh, shit, like that kind of makes sense. But it's one of those that you like can't foresee, which is very rare. I feel like if you've read, you know, a couple dozen books in the genre, like you kind of start to figure out the formula. But then this you're like, holy shit. But then it's like, OK, but that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like it. it's perfect. It is so well done. But. Poe and Katza, so they keep they keep traveling and they're getting closer to Monsi. And as they get closer, right, they're they're talking about King Luck and trying to get a guess and understanding of what they think his his grace might be. So Poe makes Katza promise to trust him and do whatever he tells her to do. Um, and this is huge because Katza agrees to it, uh, which is very um, demonstrative of how much she trusts Poe and how like deep her feelings go for him. Cause I like in part one, I couldn't see Katza ever agreeing to do that for anyone ever. Mm -mm. Um, So emotional growth can be achieved. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So um, they're getting closer and closer to uh, Monsi. And as they're going down this mountain, uh, they, break out into this open area and this kind of, this this scene came out of, out of like left field for me it did this to me too sudden. yeah 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 so they just break through this tree line and they see a woman running towards them in absolute terror and she's leonid so she looks like poe and she's chased by a squad of men on horseback and the man in the lead is wearing an eye patch and shooting arrows at this woman and Poe immediately recognizes her, partially probably because the woman is like sees him and has thoughts and feelings about him, and it's his aunt. So this is the queen of Monsi. And before their eyes, the woman is shot in the back, and Poe immediately screams at Katza to shoot the man in the lead, the one with the eye patch. But 
before she can, uh, this man, who happens to be King Lek, uh, shouts out how bereaved he is that his wife was just accidentally killed. So Katza obviously drops her bow and arrow and <laughs> Poe <laughs> loses his shit on her. Like, this is yeah. the only scene in the book where you see Poe, like, furious. Like, mm-hmm. But I think it's, like, fury born out of fear. And, like, not mm-hmm. that that excuses you know, being furious. But I think in this moment, he is absolutely terrified for their fate. And he's like extremely worried about Katza because like he can see through, you know, whatever fucked up shit's happening right now, but Katza can't. So I think it's like fury brought from just extreme, like uh, animalistic, almost fear, you know. And Katza can't even, like, it's like her mind has clouded over. She's struggling Mm -hmm. to even think. And she just thinks that this, oh, this poor man is grieving because his wife just died. And why is Poe, like, angry at me? And why is he shouting? Mm -hmm. And so, like, he, Poe puts these pieces together and he calms himself down enough to, like, get through to her to tell her, hey, like, I need you to cover your ears. Remember when you, Mm -hmm. when you told me you would trust me? So cover your ears, honey, and let's, let's take a nice little jaunt back up up the mountain into the forest. Mm -hmm. Um, So... She agrees. They take off running and manage to escape. Um, and once they get away, Poe finally gets through Katz's like brain fog and explains what happened. And that was his aunt, Ashlyn, uh, was shot in the back and she was communicating like not knowingly to Poe, but she was kind of imagining her daughter um, and how she wants Poe and um her daughter to oh she wants Poe and Katza to go and find <laughs> find her daughter who's named Bitter Blue, which is an interesting name for for a character. Yeah. Um it's super weird. And yeah, she said um that Bitter Blue is hiding in the forest. Um not said. So this is this is kind of weird because Poe is just picking up on all of these images from his aunt. Mm-hmm. Like this yeah. is his passive grace. Um so Poe and Katza eventually find Bitter Blue, um, and she's about 10 years old, and she's hiding in a tree log. But she won't let Poe anywhere near her. She's, like, huddled in this tree log, holding a dagger, and she's just deathly afraid. And Poe kind of gets the sense that she's specifically afraid of men. Mm-hmm. And so Katza comes over and is able to convince her to come out of the, out of the log by telling her... That that she'll show her how to kill a man with her dagger if she just comes out. <laughs> it's just funny. It's such a cat's so, move. It, like you're it, it scared. Is. I'll show you how to kill people. And Bitter Blue's like, I'm listening. <laughs> yep, exactly. So she comes out and they they explain that they're friends of her mother and they need to escape. They need to get away from Monsi. Mm-hmm. And so they all three of them start traveling together. And Bitter Blue slowly starts to reveal details about her father and her childhood and it's it's just horrific so yeah putting it bluntly king leck is a sociopath child serial killer (laughs) uh child molester like yeah like it's very much kind of talked around it's not ever Mm -hmm. kind of put out bluntly but what bitter blue describes is her father like um, disappearing uh, with like young girls her age and them coming back walking funny and 
uh, with with like on cuts their on their face. And yeah, and it's just this. It's grotesque. Um, mm-hmm. so. His grace is basically the ability to like gaslight people on like a national level. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I didn't even. I I just put that together because I yeah. Yep. <laughs> his grace yep. is his grace is gaslighting. Holy yep. shit! Mm-hmm. Why didn't and it's thank you? <laughs> yeah, it's even more kind of scary though because so this is a YA book. And so you have this kind of like evil character whose ability is to gaslight and he's like basically molesting children. I feel like it's a very important parallel in Bitter Blue's like story. I think it's very important that like all these people might tell you that you're totally wrong about what you've experienced and you even start to doubt yourself. But I think it's a very good um, parallel that if someone tells you like, things are not right and like people shouldn't do that if they love you that you should like believe yourself and like stay strong so I it took me what third reading of this book to like pick up on that but like what an important freaking theme for like young kids young adults like to go through this and be like there are evil people who will gaslight the fuck out of you but you have to like stay strong and like recognize evil when you see it (laughs) It's it's interesting that um, this was King Lex power, and it's like it's like it's gaslighting on like a national level because he he says something to like a group of people, and those people repeat it. So mm-hmm. whatever he puts out there, it, it's not just contained to people he directly speaks to. It's like it sticks with them, and the rumor, the lie itself. Uh, exists and it mm-hmm. exists amongst everyone who talks about it. Mm-hmm. So it's huge. But it's interesting that the author used this as a device, um, like this was his grace, because like gaslighting as a, um, I, I don't know what the word is, as a thing, like mm-hmm. became a super internet I don't know, viral thing, remember? Yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone thought they were being like, like, Oh, he's gaslighting me. She's gaslighting me. Like, do you even know mm. what that means? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of became over, overused without mm-hmm. like a full comprehension of what it means to be, yeah, to experience that. Um, and this and is a, honestly a perfect example of what it actually means. Yeah, and it's not like gaslighting um, doesn't happen if it's not on this scale. But I think the. Uh, the like emotions behind gaslighting in this or like, you know, King Lex's ability is that it makes even you doubt like what you had been through. And then hearing other people, you know, tell you that same lie, it like um, almost like exponentially gains power of like, okay, all of these people are telling me that this is how it is. And like, even I think this is how it is. Like, it has to be true. But even though there's that little teeny voice in your head that's like, wait a second, like this guy abused me but it's like everyone's saying he's a good guy and like even i like he has to be a good guy like why would i think otherwise so it's that kind of gaslighting that it like completely warps your experience of reality yeah it's wow that's a I've new, they just new sneak this into this <laughs> yeah into a <laughs> YA novel. <laughs> like, let's talk about you know sociopathic uh, gaslighting, right? Man, wild. Well, so King Lex guards eventually catch up to them. 
Oh, God. Um, but yeah, but they're already they already know what to expect. So like Katza knows if the the power of King Lex rumors and his gaslighting is like if these guards catch up to them and say, oh, King Lek is grieving his wife and his missing daughter. Please give her back. Katz is going to say, oh, yes, of course, here she is. Mm -hmm. So they catch up to them and Katz is like, no, I'm not even going to give you a chance to open your mouth. And she kills everyone. All the guards mm -hmm. that show up are, are dead. And she gets hung up on this. She doesn't want to kill anyone. Uh, this kind of harkens back to the very start of the start of the book where she mm -hmm. doesn't want to be a killer. But she doesn't have a choice in this in this scene mm -hmm. um and i think that kind so, of like doubles her hate for king leck is that um she feels like she was forced into this situation because of his actions and stuff so i think that kind of like not only did she hate king leck for all the fucked up shit he's done to that but him having to force her to do something she didn't want to do or you know let this little girl and herself get kidnapped by this fucking psychopath like she that doubled her hate for king leck it's like he's forcing me to be like this wild animal that i know i'm not mhm and she and it's she can't do anything about it. So she's quite helpless in the face of King Lex's power. Mm -hmm. But Poe is not. Poe is immune to it. And it's probably because if King Lex is directing, um, like he can sense the underlying thought of a person, right? Or mm -hmm. emotion when it's directed at him. So he's clearly immune. Mm -hmm. So the three of them, Bitter Blue, Katza, and Poe, form a plan to sneak Poe back. Um, into Monsi to assassinate the king. And he sets off and his plan fails. Oh, this he, scene uh, is so, oh my God. Because you'd get like Bitter Blue's little like, you know, tidbits of her background. And then this happens, like this fucking destroys your soul. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> he, so Katza and Bitter Blue are kind of huddled down waiting for Poe for Poe to come back. And he does come back. They see him from a distance. He's slumped over a horse. The horse is all like he's full of arrows. The horse is full of arrows. He's nearly mm -hmm. falling off. And then the horse starts to like stumble and they both topple off the side of this cliff, like rolling like head over head over heels um, mm -hmm. down until the horse and Poe fall into this lake. Mm -hmm. And Katza just loses her shit. She like sprints after him, dives and in, dives into the lake, pulls him out, saves him, but he's in super bad shape. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's important. Katza recognizes that as Poe and the horse are falling off the cliff, um, Poe hits the water face first with the horse behind him. Um, she doesn't realize the significance of that until much later, but that's like distinctly she kind of observes that. Mm -hmm. He, they managed to kind of like rescue him and and banish him up, and they all reluctantly agree that Katza and and Bitter Blue need to get out of Monsi. They need to get Bitter Blue to um, Leonid uh, for safety, uh, and Poe cannot travel with them. He's too gravely injured. He can barely walk straight. His balance is. Hint, very off. Mm -hmm. um, so they scout around to find a place where Poe can kind of hunker down and heal uh, until Katza can come back for him. So they find this kind of abandoned cabin in the woods um, and... <laughs> 
Poe is struggling and Katza is panicking. She's like, I, I can't leave him, but I have to. So she she kind of goes into um, I don't know, like I don't like homemaker mode. Like Yeah. Like, there's like a um I think it's like grandma's when you're like sick or something, and then they're like, Here, I made you this homemade soup. Uh here, I needed knitted you this like uh giant sweater, like you need to wrap up. And uh here, I also made you these like uh slippers that you need to put on your feet because you're gonna be cold. It's like full like panic, let me wrap you up in 75 layers, and then at the end he like can barely move and he's like, Katza, this is enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty much what happens. Like she stocks like his food pile, his like uh, firewood pile, all of that jazz. Mm-hmm. Like and gets I, him a no. Go ahead. Uh, no, just gets him like a a bow and arrow, and it's kind of like this panicked uh, sense of urgency that she can't do enough to protect him. So she just never stops until finally posts like you need to go like, <laughs> now <laughs> yeah that's what i was about to say um i feel like this is katza because she hasn't quite gotten to the point that she can really like verbalize her emotions and her fear and so i think this was like the manifestation of her showing how much she cares about poe and how scared she is she's like let me like stock you up so you'll be kind of okay by yourself out here in the woods like she can't verbalize that fear and just tell him that she's scared for him so she's like let me just stockpile everything that you could possibly need (laughs) it's it's not enough like she knows like there's something off about poe like but she i would yeah there's this like raw like fear energy throughout these scenes like you really feel like i know when i reread it i felt super just like on edge and like scared and you feel that kind of like sense of urgency like I need to like get through this right now because like there's someone after us and like we need to escape but I'm worried and we can't just leave him behind it's like this very like fraught and I don't know if it's like the word choice or like sentence length or how you know Christian Cashore like makes this work but like you feel that like frantic terror like terror while you're reading this mm-hmm. oh god it's- I I like it though because um they it's a hard decision that Katz has to make but she has to do mm-hmm. it for like the good of everyone like bitter mm-hmm. blue needs to escape like she will be the the true ruler of Monsi uh King Lack needs to be destroyed and the only way to do that is to get this kid out of the country mm-hmm. um and we we don't really do her justice but you get a lot of dialogue and interaction uh with bitter blue mm-hmm. and she's a really interesting character she's she's not a graced character she's not a graceling um but she has this kind of little sister vibe going on with Katza, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's super cute and you just yeah. want to know more more about bitter blue mm-hmm. um so but she definitely Kat- um gives off the vibe of um there is like sometimes you meet kids that are like weirdly more mature than they probably should be at their age. Um, you definitely get that impression of Bitter Blue throughout this that she's like very put together and like doesn't act the same way like regular kids her age would. And it's like, you know, obviously a a reminder of the things that she's been through. But I think it's very distinct throughout this that she's like not acting like a child. No, not at all. And but it's it's realistic. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So she and Katza leave Poe behind, and they set off into the mountains. And 
Katz is like, we need to cross this mountain pass. And it's like, it's like the Everest of mountain passes. No one survives it. You can't do it on foot. It's always snowing. Like you'll get cold mm-hmm. and die. Yeah. And that's what Bitter they Blue know. Tells her. Yeah. Cause they know if they pass at any other point that King Lex men will find them. And they also have this like additional insurance policy that like they could tell everyone that, you know, Katza kidnapped Bitter Blue and they're trying to rescue her back and everyone will believe that. So they had to find this like crazy path that like no one would think they were stupid enough to try. And of course, it's the most dangerous path into <laughs> the rest of the kingdoms. And- Typical Katza, like Bitter Blue is like, are you crazy? Like, you can't survive that. And Katza is like, have you met me? Like, um, my excuse gift is me. I will make <laughs> We're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. And so, so Bitter Blue also says, like, but what about like bears and mountain lions? And Katza's charming response is, they'll be sleeping. <laughs> so I, oh my God. I love it. So, yep. like, she wraps Bitter Blue up. And mm-hmm. they set off the mountains, and she's carrying her most of the way. Yeah. Um, and like you mentioned last week, um, a mountain lion attacks. <laughs> like, and this is such Katza a psychotic has, scene. <laughs> it's it's just out of nowhere. Like they're hungry and they need food and more furs, and a mountain lion appears out of nowhere. And Cat's like, "Okay, well, here's my shot," and she uh-huh. wrestles this mountain lion and kills it. Bare hands. I will say though, so this scene. Um, I think I kind of only really caught it on the second read through. So Katz is out hunting and she's like, I think, so this whole scene is um, undercurrents of just this like fear for survival. Like Bitter Blue is like struggling. She's tired. Like they don't have enough food. They don't have enough things to like keep warm. It's like this intense like survival fear that like is just permeating this whole passage of like when they're going through the pass and so Katz is like really frantic and she's like going out to hunt and she's like I can't find anything and all of a sudden she like feels like the hair on the back of her neck of this mountain lion like out in the bushes and it like jumps down on her and they like fight and she gets hurt I think for one of the first times that she's ever experienced and um, yeah she's like oh is this what pain feels like yeah yeah so there's that point that she's like okay yeah that kind of like hurt a little bit and bitter blue is like what the fuck like you have some crazy ass ability because that would like put someone out for like a week and a half but you also have this little tidbit where Katz is like I felt fear for the first time where it was like her first like I might not have made it through that scenario or that situation like she's kind of found maybe that natural limit of what her grace will (laughs) allow her to survive from and it's this like very kind of like raw she's like I and maybe pushing myself a little bit too hard. Like maybe a mountain lion passing over Mount Everest is like maybe a step too far. And that kind of like fear permeates that. And as the reader, you're like, maybe they're not going to make it through this. Like (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's a, you definitely feel the level of cold and hunger that these characters are Mm-hmm. They're experiencing like you're like oh I couldn't have survived that no not at all it's it's dark but they do survive they make it over the pass it's like not until they're looking down do they realize that they've made it like oh mm-hmm. we're suddenly not climbing anymore and yeah they they made it over this this pass and cats and bitter blue survived mm-hmm. and I think they have this moment at the very top 
where like right before that, Katza is on like the verge of giving up. She's like mumbling nonsense to Bitter Blue to keep them like both awake. And like she's just like saying things and, you know, Bitter Blue's on her back and it's like they're passing through this crazy like snowstorm. And like she finally has this moment where she's like struggling and she's on like the brink of like, this is too far. I'm pushing myself too far. And then like the snow breaks and she like looks out and they both kind of like have a moment of like crying, like we did it, unbelief, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's no fucking way. And then they, you know, settle down. But it's definitely that. Um, I hate the word climax, but it feels like that, like that emotional like release after like an insane just sequence of events and having to leave Poe behind. But it feels that like, oh, OK, like maybe they can get through this. <laughs> it's it's quite yeah it's it's quite the section part two is a lot yeah and it's funny because it starts at like kind of a slump like poe and katza get together it slumps for a little bit and then all of a sudden you get this like fucking emotional roller coaster of just horror and fear and terror (laughs) and we're not even done yet there's a part three of this book Mm-hmm. That's the part that fucked me up. So like part three um, is probably like 30% of the book. But we've gotten to this point that like Bitter Blue and Katza have like made it, you know, they're probably going to be fine once they get to wherever they're going. Um, you're like, what the fuck could possibly happen in this last bit? And bitch, if there is not like two or three different like what <laughs> moments in this next part? Like, Kristen Cashor really puts you through the fucking ringer as you're going through part three. You're like, oh, the story's almost over. And then. <laughs> no, there's always more. It's, and oh, it's God. So, like, okay, so this book isn't massive. Like, this mm-hmm. is about, like, I'd say an average size book. Yeah. Um, But it it's, there's so much, but not too much. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Part, more yeah. to come in part three. I can't wait. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll so. get off the the po train. Choo-choo. Um, <laughs> That's fair. And I'm I'm gonna stick on we'll it, but you can get off if you want. <laughs> I will I'm be off. riding this train into eternity. <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, <laughs> from from our shelf to yours. We'll see you on the next page. readers if you'd like to help us pick our next book send us a message on instagram or if you'd like to just listen we post new episodes every monday on spotify amazon or apple music thanks for listening